Welcome to Avowedcast, the fan community podcast for Obsidian Entertainment's future RPG video game titled Avowed. This is a podcast for the fans by the fans. We are not affiliated with Obsidian in any way, though we would gladly buy them a drink and thank them for their hard work. My name is Sora, and I will be your host each week as we talk about Avowed. Obsidian Entertainment, video gaming in general, and, well, everything in between. It's my hope that each week I'll be joined by fellow fans, uh, maybe even you, from all around the world. Uh, Join us each week for topics that range from Aora lore, geography, cultures, characters, creatures, experiences, and much, much more. This week on Avowedcast, we are touching on the Avowed trailer, which was released at the Xbox Game Showcase on July 23rd of this year, 2020. I'll be joined this week by some fellow fans in North America as we share our thoughts on the trailer, so let's jump right in. Stop acting like a fish out of breath and say what's on your mind already. He's been staring like this for hours. Get it off your chest, kid. Okay, so we're here with the Avowed cast, and we have uh, some ravaging fans here joining us. They're super excited to share their thoughts with you about what we know about the game so far, which is very little, but some. And uh, today we're kind of hoping to get their thoughts on the trailer, what their impressions were about what they saw, anything that in there that reminded them of either games they played or about uh, the universe of Eora that uh, Obsidian has created and used in Pillars of Eternity. Uh, We're probably also going to talk about some things uh, that they might want to see in the game, uh, some things they don't want to see in the game, and uh, things they maybe want to borrow from other games that they hope maybe shows up in the game. Um, And that's kind of our goal for today. So my name is Sora, and just a little bit about me. I live in the United States on the East Coast. I'm a gamer who's I've been around for a while. I uh, focus on RPGs. I guess I got my cut my teeth on the old Baldur's Gate games, um, kind of like the people at Obsidian did. That was their inspiration. Um, you know, played Icewind Dale, uh, went all the way through the Neverwinter games. Uh, loved each and every one of them. I'm a huge Elder Scrolls fan, obviously. Um, I did uh, jump into Fallout a little bit. I found it as a gamer, I really connect more with the fantasy for some reason, even though I respect what they did with Fallout. Uh, the only one of those I actually played completely was Fallout 3, um, and I didn't finish any of the other ones. Um, but that's kind of my background and what I'm doing, so I'm going to let the guys uh, go around the table here. Uh, Jed Mandu, tell me about yourself. What's up, Avowed Heads, or whatever we're calling ourselves? Uh... My name is Jed Mandu, Jed for short. Uh, I am also in America on the East Coast, uh, and I'm also a big RPG fanboy. Like uh, I think I started with uh, Oblivion on PC um, when I was just a little teenager. I actually built my first gaming computer like specifically for that game. Um, and now I am your classic jilted Bethesda X fanboy. Um, you know... You know, Oblivion was great. Skyrim was great. Fallout 4 was okay. And then 76 came out, and I was like, nah, I'm done with this company. Um, meanwhile, I've had a kind of a love affair with Obsidian for several years now, since uh, probably Neverwinter Nights 2, um, which also kind of helped introduce me to D&D. And I've been, uh, I've been a dungeon master for like 10 years now. Um and my experience with the Pillars series is, uh, I'd say, pretty extensive. Um, not to, you know, not to blow myself up or anything, but like, uh, I, I picked it up back in 2015. Um, re- like, finished a, a playthrough of it a couple years ago with uh, with my wife, sort of riding shotgun and making all the uh, all the lore decisions and everything. That was actually super fun. Um, and me and her are both super looking forward to Avowed. And uh, really can't wait for it. Um, and I have, oh boy, I've got all kinds of cockamamie theories about about Avowed that I cannot wait to share. I can't wait to hear them. And you know what? My arc, it's funny that you mentioned that my gaming arc kind of follows yours in a little bit. And it kind of was great to hear that because I've always felt like I'm like the kid in the closet in the corner. I don't want to admit that I, <laughs> I don't want to admit that I didn't like Fallout 4, you know, because everybody loves it. And, and yes, it's a great game and all, but especially with uh, their, their recent um, 
ventures. It just doesn't feel like the old Bethesda to me. So I kind of kind of fish eyed, you know, a little a little dead inside. But uh, that, that said, I did just get playing, just get done playing Fallout Four VR for like an hour and a half. And oh that wow, it's so much better in VR, dude. Anyway, I, I, I've talked enough. Uh, let's let's move on to uh, Jesse, I guess. Yeah, Jesse, what's up? So I'm Jesse. I also live on the East Coast. Uh, I'm 23 years old, and uh, I started with Donkey Kong Country as my first ever video game on the SNES. And um, my love for RPGs started with Final Fantasy X, which my brother-in-law loaded to me. And then um, from there, I had a friend introduce me to Oblivion uh, around 2011, several years later. And uh, uh, ever since then, I've played... Uh, Morrowind, Oblivion, Skyrim, Fallout 3, New Vegas, Fallout 4. Uh, I've played uh, through every Obsidian RPG that I could get my hands on at the time. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines as well. I bought The Outer Worlds on release day, played it for about six hours, and then got married. Um, wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Was, was this all one day, by the way? Or, uh... Yeah, no, it, was, it was all... One day I picked it up, I installed it when I got home, I played it, and then I went and got married. So, that's awesome. Yeah, so um, I have a, a long history of other games, everything from City Skylines to Civilization to Bioshock, but and uh, all the, the Dark Souls games. So uh, I'm really excited for Avowed. Cool. I mean, it's, you mentioned a game I totally forgot, New Vegas. I'm a fan of that game. I really am. I don't know why I don't... I, when I talk Fallout, I don't even kind of consider that in the same vein. Isn't that weird? I don't even put it I mean, with the other games. It's so different from the from the other modern Fallouts. Like, you could be forgiven for that, I think, because it, it's, it's its own beast entirely. I, I, I agree. I agree. It, it is really different from the other games. Uh, I still love all the other Bethesda games, and I, I still have hope for them. I still have high hopes for Starfield and The Elder Scrolls Six, but uh, I'm, uh, I, I'm I'm cautious about them. I, I, uh, I'm a child. I like yeah. the optimism. I like it. I need to I need to adopt some of that. Hey, Calvary, talk to us. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know what's what's up, Avowedcast. Um, so I'm Cavalry, and uh, just like you guys, uh, I'm also living on the East Coast. Uh, I'm 26 years old, and I actually uh, live in Pennsylvania. Um, so about me, pretty much like where my gaming history is is uh, yeah, just like uh, Jedman do. Uh, my first uh, like real hardcore RPG I've I gotten into was probably Oblivion. Hell yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I was kind of disappointed, a little disappointed because Morrowind was just, you know, a little before my time, before I like started get, getting really into it. So I kind of missed out on that one. But uh, af yeah, af after Oblivion, that's kind of what really got me into it with, uh, you know, Bethesda. And then, uh, yeah, I, I then I ended up playing Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, um, yeah, Skyrim, uh, Fallout 4, uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance, um, The Witcher 3. So... That's a great uh, game. I'm playing it right now. Oh, Kingdom Come? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, King Kingdom Come, uh, which actually, uh, I actually uh, ranked probably what my favorite RPGs were. And actually, New Vegas was number one for me until, nice. until, until uh, Kingdom Come kind of knocked that one off. Now I consider that. Cool. I haven't played that yet. It sounds like I have to. I need to, right? Yeah, uh, definitely. That. Uh, Kingdom Come hits a lot of nails on the head for a lot of uh, because uh, I'm a big uh, critique with uh, RPGs and uh, uh, for me that one nailed a lot of uh, yeah nails on the head as far as combat, story, RPG mechanics. It just uh, got everything and uh, just like uh, you guys um, and I think you know where we come from you know playing the Bethesda's old titles from. Uh, Oblivion and Fallout 3 uh, and, you know, Obsidian with New Vegas, you kind of got to see, like, all these RPG mechanics, like the Karma system, and then, you know, uh, just a whole bunch of cool quest lines. Like, I remember playing Fallout 3 and just traveling to, like, some random town. I just remember, like, you know, just seeing uh, just a side quest with, uh, you know, a robot, you know, uh, fight, like, going up against, oh, man, it's been so long, um, like a super mutant or something, and I thought that was, like, really cool and interesting, and 
and then uh, Fallout 4, like, you know, the combat was, you know, definitely improved, but, like, they, they just kind of, like, butchered a lot of, like, those quest lines and, you know, the stat system from, you know, uh, uh, Fallout 3 in New Vegas where oh, you... Up, yeah. Yeah, and it, they just swapped it out for perk systems. So, e even though Fallout 4 was all right, uh, it kind of was, uh, you know, just... You know, disappointing for for me, and I'm sure for you guys, just because it lost a lot of that you know cool you know uh, RPG you know stuff that you know we remember from those games. So uh, yeah, uh, you know uh, I talked and en talked enough, but uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much been my whole history. Awesome, good recommendation, Kingdom. I'll, I'm going to check that out, see if I can grab that. I'm always looking for something new. Um, right now, I've gone back to, uh, just because we're doing the podcast, I've gone back to Pillars 1. I'm playing it on the Switch, which is difficult. Oh, um, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why would you do that to yourself? I know, isometric. But it's it's because, I, you know, I use my Switch before I go to sleep as my way to kind of chill. Okay. And um, so... You know, I figured, hey, that that'll, I'll just go back through it, see what it's like. Um, it's it's interesting to go back to those older games. Like I did that with Oblivion about six months ago, just for fun, just to go back and try the try it raw without any mods, just to see what it was like. It's a little more difficult than I thought. It's not that I'm going back and thinking, wow, this game is not great, but you kind of get spoiled with some of the modern. Uh, the modern nuances that they build yeah, into conveniences. These. Yeah. yeah. Oh my Oblivion, God. Oblivion. I mean, it, I think Oblivion was like the first Bethesda game to really shove the conveniences forward. You know, you've got your fast travel, you know, uh, you've got uh, your, your armor system is a whole lot less granular than it was in Morrowind where it's Absolutely. like, uh, you know, where, where are these shoulders and these bracers and whatnot. And it, it, it does make things, you know, easier but but bethesda has has definitely slid down the slope of like okay things are getting a little too easy now oh like, yes and that's something i'm going to get into when we talk about concerns <laughs> because hell yeah that's a concern let's jump into the trailer because there's depending on your background with pillars of course and and we've all played it at varying amounts um I think there were some things in there. I'm curious as to what you guys, what your thought was. So it was the day of delivery, I think it was July 23rd, the Xbox Game Showcase. Um, and just in general, the line of games, uh, let's skip Avowed for a second. Was there anything in the Xbox Game Showcase other than Avowed that kind of stood out to you guys? Um, Skate 4. <laughs> that, yeah, that's a good choice. That's been a long time coming, to be fair. Yeah. True. Good point. Um, then there was the I forgot the name of the one with the uh, that looked like um, Legend of Zelda kind of ish. Uh, had the women with the sticks going around in circles. Do you guys remember that one? Oh uh, yeah, I, rem I, rem I remember thinking that it looked really cool, but uh, I don't really remember much about it. Well, they didn't tell it was, us. Much. It was interesting. Yeah, but it, there wasn't really a whole lot of the the fantasy RPG in there. I mean, except for Avowed. That's, I think, one of the things that made it stand out, of course. There's and, some Fable thing, I think. Well, the Fable at the end, right, right, which I'm yeah. excited about. I, I love Fable to a certain I mean, extent. I've got a troubled history with Fable. Yeah, you know, I played Fable 1, and it was really, really good, you know. Um, I, I need to go back to it, because I haven't played it since I was a, a wee babby, but... Um, and then Fable 2 was probably my favorite game on the 360. Yeah. And yeah, then I, Fable 3 just sucks. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you there. I, I think what the nostalgia for me is probably back to Fable 2. I really like the idea, the concept of, of choices really having a significant impact in that, you know, when you, when you make moral decisions that are poor, I guess in the mind of the game designers, of course, if I... Do I kill the kid or do I take him to his mom? You know, and if I kill the kid, then my face gets a little darker. I get more scars. I just like that element. I really like that that it visually shows me the effect of my moral decisions. That's probably what Fable did for me the most. Although you know that same design decision kind of lends itself to hyper simplifying the whole good versus evil like dichotomy, like the the choices you can make. That's like, true. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that the thing you just mentioned is actually a, a a quest at some point in a fable game. Like you can either murder this child yes, yes. or do a nice thing for him. 
And like, I, I have that same problem with like a lot of Bioware morality where it's like, you can be the best guy or you can be Satan incarnate and there's no you, in between. You can punch the reporter or you can do an interview. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah. totally true. I get your point. I mean, actually, I agree with you now that you put it that way. It makes it black and white. Like, and it, life isn't black and white, obviously. So that's a good point. But I guess that game was what, like 20 years ago? I don't know how long ago. It was It was a while ago. Yeah, we've, we've come a long way since. So the trailer for Avowed um, obviously struck a chord with me uh, being... You know, being someone who is tired, well, not tired, but I feel like my love of Oblivion and Skyrim, even Morrowind, which I probably liked more than both of those, but it's difficult to play now just for various oh, yeah. reasons. But um, I felt like it just hit that niche that I've been waiting for. I mean, I've all, there's lots of games um, uh and, and the reason that I liked it is because I know their history with pillars and the isometric genre, and uh, they're actually jumping out of that, it looks like, um, from the trailer. Um, and so just tell me your overall impressions. Anybody want to jump in and, and tell me what you thought after watching the trailer? Yeah, um, I liked it that... I went in not knowing anything about Pillars of Eternity. In fact, when I first saw the trailer, I didn't even realize it was related to Pillars of Eternity. I saw people commenting about uh, how they recognized the runes on the sword and everything. I was like, what yeah. are they talking about? Um, I I think that the, um, the the trailer, at the very end, when you see you know the, the sword with the runes and the whoever it is powering up that spell, uh, it implies to me that they're going with a sort of a a Skyrim-esque system with their, their magic and their, their weaponry and everything. Because uh, it looks like you have a hand dedicated to a spell and uh, another hand dedicated to a sword. So or at least that, that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do hope it's optional. Like, you can, you know, wield whatever you want in whatever hand or, like, a two-handed weapon if you want. That would be really cool, I think. I think it would also be really cool, but for some reason that that is a uh, that is a difficult task in like every single game. I'm left-handed. <laughs> I've always wanted any character I've ever played as to be left-handed, but uh, that is impossible apparently. Nice. So you got like uh, rep like some real representation from Legend of Zelda. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately fell in love with Link because he actually held his sword in his left hand. That was that blew like, me away as a kid. Like, uh, somebody, somebody it. finally does it the right way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, Calvary, what did you think? Yeah. So, um, from the trailer, um, obviously, kind of, you know, this kind of skipping, kind of the airs flying. Uh, part of it just because you know I just felt like that was more just you know uh, intro trailer uh, but the end of it um, getting to uh, yeah where you get to see him like wield the sword and uh, casting the spell um, I and uh, I never uh, played Pillars of Eternity either um, I yeah I yeah I knew nothing really uh, that it was related until afterwards as well um, but uh I thought looking at uh, at the end there, I, uh, I thought kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, this is they're definitely going for like a, a like Skyrim like kind of uh, fantasy esque game. Um, I liked how uh, like how the the spell was being cast. I thought like very cool. Uh, Oblivion's probably or uh, Oblivion, Obsidian <laughs> is uh, <laughs> Obsidian is probably gonna uh, do a, like a lot more kind of cooler animations with their spell casting, and I and I, I thought that's uh, something that's gonna be cool to look forward to. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, so, and for my impressions, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm really thinking that Obsidian's probably gonna, you know, finally with you know the resources, and money available to them, that's you know that yeah, uh, Avowed it pr is pretty much the game that kind of blew me away at that uh, that Xbox showcase. Because uh, yeah, it's like this. This is probably gonna be them at their best. I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I definitely think that they're uh, going uh, pretty much a full kind of Skyrim open world game there. So that was my impressions I got from the trailer. Awesome. Hey, yeah. um, Jedman, do you've played Pillars, right? I've played uh, Pillars one, like three times, and uh, Pillars two twice. Right. 
So is there anything in the trailer that stood out to you or did that call to some of those experiences? Did you notice anything that, that you're like, oh, that's definitely from Eora or? <laughs> uh, okay, so Jesse, Cavalry, how much are you worried about spoilers for Pillars? That True, is? good point. I mean, it's been out for 10 years or something <laughs> like that. It's, it's my fault. I don't know anything about it. I just bought Pillars 2 just because it was on sale not that long ago. So nice. I intend to play it, but I, I'm not too concerned. Yeah, uh, actually, Pillars is on uh, on the Xbox Game Pass. I did download it. I want to get into it. Uh, but, I'm, yeah, I'm not really worried about uh, spoilers for this because I'm not really one for uh, isometric RPG. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, go, go for it. Okay, so I'm mostly going to just spout stuff that I've um, read theory-wise from, you know, Reddit and other places that I've uh, that I've been... Sweet, man. You know. Share away. I want to okay. hear it. So, be beginning of the trailer. We're going to do a deep dive here. Do it. We have always known war, it says, right? Uh, yeah. It forged our empire, made, what does it say? Made heroes into kings and queens. Yep, yep. And decimated our foes. So that whole monologue really smacks to me. There aren't a whole lot of like big empire empires in the world of Pillars of Eternity. Um, the the one you know prominent one would be the Adir Empire. Um, these you know sort of Pillars does this thing where where every uh, sort of country has its own accent. That's you know based on sort of a real-world accent, and the Adir Empire is British. Right, they're, the, they're, they're from English. the UK, it sounds like, yeah. Yeah, which, you know, they're an empire. It makes sense, right? Um, and those banners that are flapping in the wind off those uh, castle walls at the beginning um, have this, uh, this symbol on them. That's the symbol of Wodica. That's the, one of the gods in the Pillars of Eternity pantheon. Who's like very heavily tied to Adir, right? The crown, the crown symbol, right? Crown, especially, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and we get to um, what is it? Uh, the the last line I think in the trailer is an oath worth the weight of a crown, and that is just like basically just slapping you in the face with Wodica imagery, just oaths and crowns and oh the burden of you know uh, of ruling and all this stuff, um. I think that this game is going to be very heavily focused around Wodica again. Um, slight spoiler for the first two games. The, they're, uh, or at least for the first game. Right, uh, yeah. Wodica is a pretty heavy part. She's, she's the goddess of uh, sort of law and order and, uh, and, and oaths and, you know, uh, rule and all this stuff. She's basically this, like, uh, um, this queen figure among the gods. Um, so yeah, I, th I think we're either going to be an agent of Wodica or fighting against, uh, Wodica worshiping Adirans, uh, probably the latter, but you know, if, if it's an open world game, maybe you can choose, right? Right. How, like how cool would that be? You know, you have your, uh, Empire versus the Stormcloaks in Skyrim, you can have your, uh, Adir versus Resistance or whatever in, uh, in... Avowed. That would be cool. I like that spin on it, actually. I hadn't even thought of that. Absolutely. Like, what perspective you would play from and which, uh, which empire you're fighting for or against. Yeah, right? Like, I, I think... I don't think that the game's going to take place in Adir. I think that would be, like... I don't know. Adir is kind of like this, like, sort of stodgy-seeming place. It's not super dynamic. And I think if Obsidian really wants to... You know, our... Our past two outings in Aora have been in these kind of war-torn, um, super chaotic regions of the world. You know, you have uh, you have the Deerwood in Pillars One, uh, with with like Arglanfath towards the south, where everybody's you know super uh, tribal and like you know there's these like border skirmishes and stuff. Uh, and then in Pillars Two, you're in the Deadfire, and oh my God, the Deadfire is just complete chaos you know so many competing interests and everything and adir does not strike me as that kind of place no i agree with that uh i definitely i mean 
another thing that struck me, I'm curious as to what, since you've played them, what your thought was is the, so the presence of the undead, I guess, spun me a little bit. Um, and then is that, do we feel like that that is trying to hint to the use of maybe soul magic or soul magic gone wrong? What is it then? The game they call it, it's not necromancy, but it's, it's animancy. Animancy, yeah. right. So, yeah. So Jesse Cavalry, this is, this is kind of the cool thing about, um, about pillars. They, they take these fantasy tropes, like, you know, the undead, um, you know, you have your elves, you have your dwarves, whatever. And then they just kind of tweak them a little bit. You know, your undead aren't just undead right like they're not just some random skeletons that happen to crop up out of the ground and oh no now we got to fight them they're like a, a lot of them at least are the product of um magical experimentation into basically um uh like man-made immortality or like soul magic in general like trying to understand where's the soul come from what can we use it for you know can we can we like repair the soul when it's damaged and that sort of thing Okay, all right, that that makes sense. I, I, I don't know a lot about pillars, but I know that essentially all magic comes from how powerful your soul is, or something along those lines. More or less, yeah. And uh, I, I, you know, it would be super interesting, because there is that line about, uh, let me find it. Um, you must face the monsters our sins have borne, something like that. And yeah. um, Adir did a lot of screwing around with, with uh, animancy. Um, which, uh, you know, is a very, it's like a super controversial thing in the world. Um, maybe that's, maybe that's their sins, you know, the, the, you, you know, messing around with people's souls and creating undead and stuff. And now we've got to face that. Now they got to pay the right. price. Right. Uh, you know, it's super vague and I kind of like that cause it sets your imagination going. So the, um, so the sword, it, at least from what I've seen online, um, is translated oath binder. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. What? Yeah, I, I've seen that as well. I, I, that's. Mm -hmm. I assume that we would be playing as again. I don't know much about oh, pillars, but I assumed that we would be playing as a servant of Wodaka, just because uh, uh, the perspective is from the person with the oath binder. Right, with the sword. Yeah, interesting. I agree with that. I think it's possible. Um, I mean, another thing about the trailer is, I mean, and I, obviously this. You can, they can't do this, but um, they, I mean, all of it was, all of that trailer was uh, not in engine, of course. Um, so it was really just a cinematic uh, a throw. I do like the fact that, that it started at the beginning more as like a tra trailer, typical trailer where, you know, their art department just made up crap. That may not be the actual art in the game. And then at the end, they tried to put us in that that first person perspective of what it might feel like and look like. I mean, I'm assuming that's not in game. I think if it was, they would have put that on the screen. Um, I mean, I hope it looks that good. Yeah. I mean, at least just to brag, right? Like, Hey, look, you know, look how, look how amazing our, uh, our graphics department is now. Yeah. I mean, I, I was so excited to see it. I'm obviously, uh, excited to talk about it and, and sticking with it. Um, I think some of the things that popped in my head as I was watching it is, uh, like if I was going to sit down myself and I was going to design the perfect RPG for me, um, not necessarily for everyone, obviously they have to do it for everyone. Um, but the perfect RPG for me, I think I was trying to think of some of the things that I would want them to consider. Some of the things I would want them to do uh, that maybe uh, pull from other games, but also maybe uh, maybe don't. Um, and I was thinking that that one of the things I really liked about Pillars, um, and this is not a slam against any other company, but one of the strengths that I liked about uh, playing those games is the aspect of the story. And I think they did a really good job of making the narrative in those games feel authentic. And I really like the story. Um, and I'm kind of hoping that that carries over into this. Now, obviously they can't with not being isometric and uh, other things that come along with playing in first person like that. There's some things they can't do, um, but they want to keep the flow of the game, but I hope that they 
they build those stories into the game. That's one of the things I'm really excited about. Anything you guys really, if you had them sitting at the table across from me, what would you say? This has to be in the game. Any choices? So going off of the story thing, one of the things that I keep coming back to Pillars for is uh, the sort of like moral ambiguity of a lot of the quests. Like, there, there are quests where the good option is like not apparent at all. You know, like you don't, you don't know what will necessarily have the best outcome for everybody involved. Um, like there's this. I, I have. Uh, I, I, I wrote down notes for. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, I, I actually had a, a point that I wanted to bring out much later on. That is, along the same lines that you're going on. Yeah, hit me. Oh. Well, uh, ba well basically, <laughs> it was just I, 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 I agree on the uh, the moral ambiguity. Um, you can look at the Outer Worlds, which I, I love the Outer Worlds to death. Yes. I really do. I think it's a great game. But um, I had an issue with a lot of the quest design because a lot of it was basically you can have this really awful uh resolution to the quest you can have an okay resolution to the quest or if your skills meet the requirements you can have the good resolution and it, <laughs> that's what it was for every quest in the game and I, I i enjoyed it to a point i think that definitively good and bad options do have their point in quests like in fallout 3 where you can save megaton or blow it up in the first hour of the game i enjoy that choice even though it's it's stupid and it's obvious but um, I, I want I want quests that are more uh, more gray, more difficult to decipher what is actually better for each individual um, quest. What what resolution works out for everyone? Best. Well, and, and consequences and and direct uh, and direct results later in the game. You know, having making this choice, uh, the the ambiguity aside, but making this choice, how is that going to affect me? Uh, 30 more hours into the game or is it going to I think that right. would be astounding if they're able to build that kind of complexity mm -hmm. in yeah um, so uh, pretty much yeah uh, kind of going off uh, what I would want uh, in, in this game so there isn't really anything like you know real stand out for me as far as like oh yeah like you know this this uh, absolutely needs to be in about or anything like that but um, for me, like, uh, a perfect uh, RPG is one that, like, combines, you know, great uh, combat mechanics with uh, great quest lines and great RPG mechanics. Usually, uh, when it comes to RPGs, most of the time, uh, it's usually, you know, you have uh, either great RPG mechanics or you have uh, great quest lines and then something, you know, sometimes if, you know, it's... Uh, pretty good you usually get both but most of the time the combat's not really there but uh with avowed um i'm not really expecting the combat mechanics to be like real complex or anything like you know uh real in depth is because of the fact that you know you're you're going to be casting spells and so like when it comes to like sword combat i'm not expecting it to be like really anything uh real complex um but uh uh, what I what I would say to uh, Obsidian is like uh, maybe uh, to make the uh, the the magic system uh, maybe a little bit more like in depth from like what we probably like seen from Skyrim or, or stuff like um, I was uh, you know I was kind of thinking like man it, it would be cool if like Obsidian like in order maybe to cast the spells like you need different types of resources in order to cast that spell like maybe not just a scroll like maybe you need uh, this type of, uh, you know, um, ingredient or, or recipe or... Oh, yeah, or, you're talking, like, D&D &D material component stuff. Mm-hmm, stuff this like that. This man speaks the languages of gods, absolutely, I concur. <laughs> At guano. And uh, also, um, yeah, uh, like you guys said, um, uh, one thing that I, uh, that I would love to see in this game that, luckily, uh, Oblivion has... Uh, or, yeah, Oblivion. I keep saying Oblivion. Obsidian has already done... <laughs> Um, and Bethesda did up until uh, Fallout 4 um, was, yeah, moral of the choices. Um, 
the, uh, those games like Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, um, uh, one awesome uh, aspect of that game is that you have to uh, pretty much every choice you make in that game, whether it is that you want to steal that object or if you decide to uh, help out somebody, you get either good or bad karma. And it makes you really like think about everything you do in that game that either has a consequence or it's in your favor or it, it leans uh, any different way on uh, what uh, happens in the game world. So, yeah, I, I really hope that uh, Obsidian uh, ha has like a lot of, you know, uh, choice, uh, consequences, choices uh, that affects the whole game throughout the whole entire game. So piggybacking off of that, um, one thing one thing that New Vegas specifically did extremely well that Bethesda like didn't even try to uh, to to imitate or recreate is the fact that in New Vegas the only NPCs that are like marked essential, you know, as an unkillable, uh, are kids and your uh, and companions who are actually actively in your party. And the children is only for legal reasons. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I I am hoping that Avowed follows that, because uh, it, it just creates all these cool, like radiant outcomes to quests. You know, and it also gives the world the sense of consequence. You know, like like if you're not um, if you're not there, and like something happens to these people, they could actually like die, die. You know? Right. No, that's I love that. That that would be such a uh, and I agree. That's that is definitely now that you pinpointed, that's one of the things I liked about New Vegas. I feel like they went out on a limb there a little bit, you know, because it could have gone either way for them. But um, obviously, it's it's a huge product. I mean, a, hu a huge critically acclaimed from that game for sure. I don't think yeah. I've ever heard anybody who didn't like that game. Um, one thing I was going to bring up that I, I would, if I was, again, sitting across the table, God help them if I were to do that. But yeah. um, one, and this, again, it sounds like a complaint against Bethesda, and I hate for everything that I say to sound that way, but um, I understand what they're trying to do with uh, the Elder Scrolls and create a livable world that, that where everything, where the ecosystem makes sense. I understand that. One of the things, though, that I like about obsidian and and pretty much everything i've done of theirs is they they have you can tell they really have that core D, &D background behind them and you the guys who started the company that's they they call on uh the old classics like baldur's gate as their inspiration and the bestiary for example from pillars the bestiary in pillars is so much more varied than what we were getting in Oblivion and what oh, we were amazing. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, I want the, uh, you know, I want these varied creatures, even though they may not completely fit in the ecosystem for whatever, if you re get a biologist from Harvard or something and they say, well, that doesn't make sense. I don't <laughs> care if it makes sense. I, I, I love that, that kind of, uh, diversity in creatures that I encounter. I think that would be something that I definitely want to see in the game if I was to talk to them across. Anything else you guys would, would say to them? Um, yeah, I would... Uh, I also kind of kind of just hit me. Um, would like to see, uh, you know, kind of like you're not like completely overpowered throughout the game because... Uh, I, I mean, even though, like, in RPGs, like, eventually you kind of do get to that point, like, I would like something, like, from, like, uh, Fallout 3 in New Vegas, where it's, like, if you if you see, like, an enemy, like, for example, like, a Deathclaw, like, you're, you're, you were screwed. You, you, as soon as you've seen one, you're, you were running out of there. And I would like to see that kind of in a vow, too, where, like, there's uh, always going to be some type of... Uh, uh, and uh, enemy that you'll run into where you're just not going to just you know straight up uh, you know just kill them like it's nothing. So yeah, I'd like to see that too. I mean, Pillars has dragons, and they're not like Skyrim dragons where they're everywhere and like flapping around and everything. Like they're like events, you know. They're they're like forces of nature, and uh, man, 
yeah, if we could get some some dope ass dragon interactions in this game, yeah, I'd be, I'd be super happy. Yeah, you know, um, Calvary, uh, piggybacking on what you just said, man, you just you really just kind of iterated another thing that, and this would might even go into what things that I don't want to see and things that I'm concerned about is that kind of difficulty level because I feel like, and I think one of you hit on it earlier when we were talking about, so if I was to start a game of Skyrim right now, for example, I hate again to pick on them, but if I was to start <laughs> on Skyrim... I'm detecting a theme here. Yeah, I, I love that game. I've probably thousands of hours into that game. Um, love it. It's, it is easily oh. one of the best games in the last... 20 years you know there's no question about it i mean and it's probably the top seller you know close to you know grand theft auto and games like that it's probably I mean, it better be it yeah came out on every console i know ever. i know but, right i mean you know sometimes when you get to love something you, you get to you get to uh get a little more little more intimate with its flaws but you they weren't always that way if you played i can't remember if any of you played morrowind but if you played morrowind one of the things that got that i liked about morrowind is i could make a wrong turn i could yeah. i could go into this cave uh for the first time and i could get literally slaughtered i mean in seconds and I'm like, wait, what just happened? And yeah, that's frustrating. That's kind of that Dark Souls-esque uh, frustration. But um, I like that. I like the fact uh, that what you hit on is, is, what I, is exactly what you said, is that I could go to an area and encounter something that's way more powerful than I could ever do. I can come back later and, and mess with it. But the whole system they created with a oblivion of this scalable enemy, the game's too easy. Let's be honest. It is. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's something that just harbors back to old school RPGs. I remember watching my dad play. Uh, it's a little known title, Lands of Lore: The Throne of Chaos. And if you took a, a wrong turn in that game, you would get absolutely just disintegrated by whatever was in whatever dungeon you were in. That and, is little known. Yeah, yeah. That was probably the first RPG I was ever exposed to, but. Um, I I also enjoy that design philosophy. I like crawling your way to greatness, like in, in Morrowind. <laughs> I think mm -hmm. I, I, I love the early game struggle because you feel so weak and you feel you legitimately you feel like an outlander in Morrowind. People treat you differently, you feel scared and weak and alone, and you're just not sure of wherever you're going. Eventually, though, if you put time and effort into it, you can ascend to godhood. I mean, you can make brain steroids. If oh, you yeah, want to, absolutely. And I love that. <laughs> but I, I really wish that more games would um, lean more heavily into that, uh, because I, I think that that difficulty spike, depending on where you are, uh, from a lack of scaling, is uh, I think that's something that games need more of. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I totally agree, and and I understand like you know it's kind of hard to hit that sweet spot between it being difficult or not you know not too difficult. But what I would prefer um, for RPGs and including about is that it would be more difficult rather than less. Yeah, or give you the choice like they do with pillars. I mean, pillars is is can be pretty rough. Um, Half of the damned, yeah, yeah, and so, but they, I think the lowest end, even below uh, uh, beginner, is like they call it story mode or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then so that giving that flexibility will maybe make it more marketable because we do want to be careful if they do create a Dark Souls s type game as popular as that game was, it never sold the numbers of something like Skyrim, and maybe the reason Skyrim was so successful, among other things is that 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 level of entry that that base of feeling like um i'm not gonna die in the first you know five minutes so it's kind of like you were saying calvary that striking that balance or you know how are they going to achieve that because we want people we want it to be successful i don't want it to be a title that fades into uh oblivion um uh -huh. Uh, but I, <laughs> yeah, I want it to be difficult though. If I want it to be difficult, I want that choice of, um, and I don't know how they would work that in, like how difficult that would be. So, um, it is absolutely not in the form of a difficulty slider. Let's <laughs> I believe that is just a fact. 
I mean, I hope, like, I, I, I understand the difficulty slider, but I don't like the difficulty slider. Like, yeah, I, I absolutely understand why it's there and why they think it's a good addition, but I, I, I don't like it either. I, I prefer my games. I want realistic damage. If I get shot in the head, I want to be dead. Yeah. If I shoot someone else in the head, I want them to be dead. Exactly. If it I goes get, both ways. Yeah. yeah uh, like, if I get shot in the leg, I want to be crippled. I, 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 that's what I prefer. I, that's why I like Kingdom Come so much, because, I mean, if you mm -hmm. hit someone in the face, they are just, they're gone. Yeah, yeah. And like the part of the reason why I've been having so much fun with uh, Fallout 4 VR lately uh, is because I've uh, I've got this I think it's called immersive gameplay uh, this mod for Fallout 4 that basically makes it so that your weapon damage no longer scales uh, with perks um, or like your gun damage at least doesn't scale with perks uh, instead every gun just does whatever damage it's going to do and perks. Uh, only increase, uh, only like reduce your like weapon sway and like recoil and stuff, and your like VATS accuracy. Um, and uh, also, guns do like a realistic amount of damage relatively. Like, I've got a 50 caliber sniper rifle in that game that does something like 730 damage. Um, which, if you if you know Fallout health values, that's like you know five times as a one-shot kill yeah that's like five times the health of most people yeah um yeah and it, it's it makes the game super interesting and like super engaging um and you really have to be on your toes and and man i would love something like that for a vow where if you're if you're walking around with no armor on uh you better have some you know defensive spells or something that you can cast because uh, otherwise you're just going to get wrecked by the first arrow that shot your way yeah, I think it plays. I think it plays into the gamer, especially the core gamers that are that are obsessed with these RPGs. I mean, I, you know, one that comes to mind for me um, that has a, a tough barrier of entry, at least uh, if you play it on the difficulty level, the the hardest difficulty level is Divinity and Divinity Two specifically. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, if Divinity Two specifically, they they obviously made the beginning of that game a steep hill for most people. Um, and, and I like that. I like, I like that. I mean, I don't remember the slider in that. I don't remember if it had a difficulty slider that went really a low. Um, yeah, it, it had the same sort of story time oh, setting. Okay. Does. So maybe that's a staple. I mean, maybe we can't get away from that. I don't know. Yeah. I, th I think it's all we need is one title to come out that gets really popular that doesn't have it and instead employs a different mechanic altogether for people to get away from the difficulty slider honestly yeah because yeah, i i would very much prefer sort of a crafted experience where like i don't necessarily have to to tweak anything but rather to overcome obstacles in the game i have to use resources from the game right like uh you know to make a fight easier i can't just go into a menu and say make this easier but instead I have to, you know, go uh, prepare for it in some way, you know, uh, brewing potions or, or buying new spells or new armor or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's called strategy. Yeah. Right, right. What, yeah. what a concept. Yeah, and and you were speaking of the uh, brewing potions. I hope that they really expand on that. I mean, I think they did an okay job with the enchanting and pillars. That's a big part of it. And um, But I do love... Uh, that those resources using those resources that you found in a really deep way again i wouldn't say that skyrim's a good example i think that you know the elder scrolls have always kind of used that staple of of herbalism and um you know mixing and if it's a success and so on and so forth right um and i i enjoyed that i would really like something maybe a little more complex than that that would be Dude. cool Kingdom Come Deliverance. I know. I gotta go get that. It, it it is an absolutely amazing game. I've been playing the crap out of it, and it, the, it's yeah, it's unforgettable experience. The potion brewing, though. You you yeah. actually have to yeah. cook stuff. You yeah. have to grind ingredients. Yeah, it's great. Oh, see that now you guys just like, spent my money today. That's tough. <laughs> like it's kind of a lot, but but that game is super. Uh, like simulationist in a lot of yeah. ways. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it, it's very much an RPG slash immersive sim. 
sim. Yes. Uh, because it, I mean, if you get drunk, like you, you can drink wine, you can drink beer, you can drink moonshine. Moonshine will get you drunker faster than beer. So you can fast travel, but fast travel happens in real time. So when you fast travel, if you just drank a whole bunch of moonshine, you'll pass out on the middle of the road. Wow. <laughs> that is yeah. cool. Um, yeah, and I, I, you know, I don't want to spend too much time kind of like just uh, hyping up Kingdom Come Deliverance, but uh, oh, dude, do it. But, okay, uh, so the the reason the reason why I kind of wanted to bring this up is because you, you guys know how I said like you know in most RPGs you know the combat system is isn't really that good and uh, you know it's it's more like you know either button mashing or like you know this kind of this you know swinging kind of the, the whole the whole way through like with a sword or something like that you know or you know fallout where it's just you know bats but uh a kingdom come deliverance um and i know this isn't going to be an avowed but th for the first time that i played an rpg i i i absolutely love the combat mechanics um it, it's it's difficult and you you start out just pretty much just like uh, you're, you're just uh, terrible with the sword, and uh, you, you then you, the more you go through the game, just the, the better you're getting at it. And yeah, for the first time, I actually felt like I'm learning actually how to use a sword and actually knowing how to do combos against enemies. And like you know, you're going up against uh, one or two people, and if you're going up against three, like the the option is you need to run because you're not going to be you're just, you know, uh, one guy going up against three people. You're not going to, you know, overpower, uh, you know, three people uh, just like you would in any RPG. And, like, yeah, uh, that that's why Kingdom Come kind of got number one on my list. Uh, just because uh, for the first time, you know, it was almost pretty much a perfect mix of, you know, quest lines, RPG mechanics, and a combat system where it's real in-depth and, you know, you actually got to learn how to do swordplay. Or what about combat? I mean, I'm excited to try that, but also, what about combat that involves the environment you're in? Like, is there a game we can think of that does that where, you, you know, if there, and this is a very simplified thing, but if there is a, uh, a chandelier above their head and and you can shoot the, the cord and have it fall on them, or, that's simplistic, but a way to have that that intense combat and choices but also be able to use the environment around them and i hate that my first thought was watchdogs when you said that oh boy <laughs> but it was my, my first thought was uh the arkham series because they kind of oh, yeah. environmental opportunities yeah good point that's a good point i forgot about that i think that would yeah. be pretty cool shadow of mordor was my thought <laughs> that's a great yeah. one huge fan of that one Beckham blanca if this continues, it will become unbearable. That's all we have for you today. And I want to thank you for listening to Avowedcast. You just heard our North American fans talk a little bit about their thoughts about the trailer. Uh, listen in next week, and I'm going to share some thoughts from some of our European fans. And you'll hear if there's any differences in their opinions or how they view the trailer. Uh, again, thank you for being part of this amazing gaming community. It's just now... Uh, uh, developing around this new release from Obsidian. Um, remember that Avowed Cast is meant to be your podcast too. We're always looking to hear from you. And if you think you would like to join us for a live recording, email us at avowedcast at gmail.com with your information. Uh, our goal is to welcome as many voices from the community into the podcast as possible. And you have a voice and it matters and we want to hear from you. Uh, so think about becoming part of the podcast. Uh, if you're not interested in coming on and recording with us one day for one of our episodes, there are a variety of other ways that you can send in information. Um, obviously, you can visit our website, avowedcast.com, and we have a whole contribution section of our website that details ways you can send in questions about Obsidian, Avowed, or gaming in general. You can submit your opinions, editorials, 
send us fan art. We'll put it up on our website. Um, talk about your game experiences. We'll take just about anything. Um, and that can be in written form. You can submit an MP3 file and share your, your voice with us and we'll put it on the air. Um, you can also, if you're, if you're interested, contact our voicemail line and leave a message through voicemail. It can be a question for us to answer uh, during one of the podcasts, or you can just give us some of your opinions about what you think so far. Uh, the phone number that you would call for that is 202-810-4223. Call the number, leave a message, and we'll put you on the podcast. And we're going to leave you today, as we will always leave you with our podcast, and that is with the musical genius of Justin Bell. So give me a second of your time. Close your eyes. Think back to your adventures in the world of Aora and get lost in the music. <laughs>